This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. Being that Shavuos is Yantem or Elaine Rus, the uh, reason given in Hazal is because just like Rus came to Yiddishkeit through Yisurim and difficulties. Torah is also brought through Yisurim difficulties. That's one explanation. The Yerushalmi says also that Atzeres is a Zman when Dawud HaMelech was Nifta, Dawud HaMelech was Nifta on Shavuos. And Bimele, we Elaine Lekroidai, that's the Matamoshim bring that reason. And in line with that reason, we'd like to learn a little bit some of the Yanam of Rus. The, um, we're going to learn inside a Pirush. The Pirush is a remarkable Pirush in its own right. The name of the Pirush is Nachlas Yosef. It was written by somebody named Rabbi Yosef Zev Lipovitz. Rabbi Yosef Zev was born in uh, Lita in the, um, about 1889. He learned, um, he became a Talmud of the Altus Labotka and was uh, seen as Slavotka Bal Musa. He came to Eretz Yisrael in 1924, um, was in Tel Aviv, had some sort of store or something, and in Tel Aviv, which was a more cosmopolitan city, as opposed to Yishlaim, which was the old Yishuv, he began to reach out to people with Shi'urim. He was extremely, extremely successful in Mashpi on people, to be Mechazdem in Yiddishkeit, in the Shi'urim, and uh, Sichos and uh, on Tanakh and in general, his Pirush on Nachlas, his Pirush on Rus became a classic. He was nifted about uh, in the 50s, I believe it was, and um, we have the Pirush on Rus plus some assorted material on the rest of Tanakh and Torah, which was sort of put together. But the Pirush on Rush stands out. I once heard it was put together by somebody that was an extremely gifted writer. But l- let me explain what I think is unique about it. His Pirush uses Chazal as his basis for understanding the Psukim. He has a tremendous sense of how Chazal teased meanings out of Psukim, what they're finely tuned. Um, antennas picked up from the usage of the words and the order and structure. He also is able to take Lashon of Chazal and just recast it in words that go extremely well, that, that, that somebody who's a more modern person appreciates, understands, and that's why I think it was so successful. People heard it in the language that they understood, but they heard the authenticity of the Mechairis. Uh, in my mind, this is really the, a, a prototype for learning Nevi'im, and it, it has the authenticity of, of the content, and yet in ways that it's very miscabal or das. So we will learn it, sort of skim a bit, learn a bit inside, explain a bit outside, because I want to, on the one hand, stick to his Pirush, but on the other hand, I would also like to obviously um, make it a lot more user-friendly, I can read word for word, but sort of skim 
read a bit, give over the ideas. One word of preface about this. It is, Shavuos is the, um, it's the yard set of David HaMelech. We understand that these things are not accidents. That if David HaMelech was passed away on Shavuos, Shavuos is his day. The significance of it is that Chazal tell us the world is divided into three eras. There is the era of Tohu, Tolav Rama Vinu. Rama Vinu starts 2,000 years of Torah and then 2,000 years of Mashiach. It's one line. In other words, Akadosh Baruch Hu cast down a world which is going nowhere. Tohu is sort of chaos um, and where nothing seems to be headed in any direction. Torah gave us the direction we should head to. It, it imposed, a, it gave us a moral compass and, and drew for us a direction and a goal and purpose. And the Melech HaMashiach, David, David Malka Mashiach, David is the root of Mashiach, is the one who actually pilots it to that conclusion. That's the significance of David and Melech HaMashiach. We'll now start the Pirish. It starts at, we're going to be doing the last piece. We've done a previous year some other pieces. Um, we're going to be starting the last Pesukim, where the uh, Yosef sort of helps us understand this thread. The last Pesukim read, these are the tallest of Peretz. Peretz gave birth to Chetzron, Chetzron Ram, Ram Aminodov, Aminodov Nachshon, Nachshon Salma, and so on. Ovid holds Yishai, the Yishai holds this David. The, um, the, 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 that is the way in which it is written. So, Nachzelsev says, B'yachas hadoros matchilo hanevua t'kufa chadash mi'peretz. The, um, a new era begins with peretz. In other words, he backtracks the peretz when he wants to tell us where Boaz is going. He, I mean, if we're talking about Boaz and Rus, it should, it should have started with the last three names. There's a certain backtrack from parents. And what's also interesting is the Pasik seems to double each and every one. Ela told us parents, parents told us Chetzron. Chetzron or this Ram. Ram was, I mean, not. the Pasik could have said, Ela told us parents Chetzron, um, and then and so on. The names are doubled, and Chazal point out, and they say, Anyone whose name was doubled has a place in this world and world to come. It's a This includes um, all many names over here that are quite um, is quite known, quite famous, and so on. And yet all of these are um, seem to be subordinate to David. Now let's first explain over here why these names are doubled. The um, point of Olam Hazem Haba means whenever something is not a lasting phenomena, it's sort of a, a branch of another phenomena. So when I say, Hagoyen, Hagodl, so-and-so had these children, and that's what it stays at, 
So the children are significant in the fact that they are children of such and such great person. But then I say, and now, this child had so-and-so. I'm making a point that he came into on his own, and he himself bore branches and fruit and so on. Doubling the name tells me that they served as a branch of something else, which is an olam haza phenomena. It's a phenomena of things that um, they happen to come to this world as a result of X, Y, Z. When they became established, and now they gave birth to other children, and they had uh, children, the way the Pasuk says it, and now that's an olam haba phenomena. Olam haba are the things that last. It's a branch that became stuck on its own and produced on its own. So its history is that it was a branch, but it's now stuck. And therefore, the, um, the Pasuk doubles it and indicates that these are all people who are all big. They, are, they all came into their own. That's what Chazal said. And yet, despite the fact that each one everyone is to give its own, Chazal say um, they, they're all subordinate to David. They say, it is, one might illustrate this as if it, a king lost a diamond. What did he do? He would gather in earth and he would sift it with a sieve. Until he finds the diamond. So too, our Kaddish Baruch told David, what was the point of listing all of these? Only for you. I found David. So we see here, it's not coming to tell us that all these people were not worthy people, and finally David is a worthy person. is listed as someone who was um, the, the leader of Kaisal, the pioneer who jumped first into the Yam, he was the, the Nasi of Yehuda, the Moschash of Nasi. Um, we're talking about um, Yishai, who was without Chet. We're talking about Boaz. It, it's, this Chazal is not meant to, to somehow denigrate the others or even to impress us with who David was. Chazal means something else. Chazal say, um, and we'll quote that Yosef. David is not a phenomena that happened. You know, you 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 in, in a wonderful family, bingo, he struck it. who placed generation after generation to add and to build and to and 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 to form a line which will result in producing David as the end product. The Hashkocha was moving a certain um, a, a, a certain gem called David, moving to formation. If we can give sort of a marshal, um, if you have a Rubik's Cube, so kids try to line the colors, but that's not the way to do it. You, you use a lot of Chachmet and think ahead, and you go back and forth and up and down and back and forth and up and down, and at some place, it all snaps into place. There was a process that was going on. 
And HaKadosh Baruch Hu was guiding a process of great people, sort of a tower building one on top of the other, until finally Yeruka, David is here. You know, this is the one I was looking for. This is what came out. So it's called Matsasi David Avdi. I found David. It's a possibility that Chazal using here. We'll see soon a lot more of the of the um, of, of its significance. Akadosh Baruch Hu says, "This is what I was looking for." And now we're going to begin to understand, and we're going to begin to see where it is that David was found. Finding implies that I'm looking for something in particular. And it's lost in a place that's difficult to find. And we're going to see how this fine of it comes about. The beginning of this weaving of threads to produce David started a long time ago. And Gam came with Metzia also through Metzia, meaning finding a particular point in a place that it had been repressed, lost, um, hidden. Kedibri Chazal b'makam acher. There, Chazal point out um, where was this other one. It says in Breshis that the Malachim told Lot to take with him, and he took with him, the ace shteib nosecha nimtzos, and your two daughters that are there. The word nimtzos really is a little bit out of place. They should have said the two daughters that are with you, Asha itcha. Nimtzos means that to be found. That the words are, are teasing at something else. Omer Torah Yitzchak, Shtei Metzios, Rusa Minus. There were two finds over here, two things that were Metzios. Omer Rabbi Yitzchak, Rabbi Yitzchak said, you know what this is, you know what this resonates with? Matsasi David Abdi. That same passing Tehillim of I found David Abdi. Hechen Matsasi, he said. Where did I find him? In stone. In other words, Matsasi David Avdi is referring to the Shtebno Sechahanim Tzos. There is going to be something in Hashgacha that is going to be found. And that find is what I was looking for, and that's going to be a, a continuous find. Omer of Tuvra by Yitzchak, Shtei Metzios. There are two things I'm going to get out of these two girls. Rusam Ravia and Nama Ha'amonis. Omer of Yitzchak, Matzasi David Avdi, Hecha Matzasi, I say the stone. It says, take a look. Nelson points out how extraordinary Chazal's Ruach HaKodesh was. They say that HaKadosh Baruch Hu says in the Pasuk, Matsasi David Avdi, here, I found David. And Chazal tell us where did he find him? In the most depraved and disgusting segment, dregs of humanity. Chazal It's to be found in the sickest dregs of humanity. Stone. 
HaKadosh Baruch whose midas had been said they ought to be obliterated totally with fire and, and, and destroyed utterly. It's a place that has, it, it, it will never be rehabilitated. Stone is a desert forever. Nothing will grow there. It is utter destruction. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, do you know where I find them? I'm going to find them there. Below old, not only the place is is is, is the lowest. We're talking about incest. Benoslot um, lived with their father because they felt, they honestly felt that there's nobody left and we have to sustain your race. They, they, they committed incest with their father and had children. This is where those children come from. And this is where David, he says, Kaviyachl. It's almost chippes akaris baruchu chaymer anushi matim litzemenes mashiach al keyatnis or so. Akaris baruchu was looking. Where do I find the right human elements to create mashiach, to create the chosen of God, the one who would sing the song of Israel? Where do I find them? V'matzah oisib etoich meisem mechur. I find it. I found him in a place that is a disgusting act. That was done, a deed committed in the most depraved place in the world. Akarish um, Baruch says, "I am looking to find a place and a person. Where do I find him?" I find him in the most in in the in the in the lowest act of a human being in the in, in the lowest of the lowest locations that a person could um, that 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 could possibly be. The only way to describe this is. Rabbi says there's a passage that says, Hashem, you've done extraordinary things. The most wondrous things and you wondrous machshavis are for us. In other words, um, it, it, it is the unthinkable. Akarish Baruch who looked in the lowest place at the lowest deed, and this is where he found it. What's the pshat? What does it mean? HaKadosh Baruch Hu sees things differently than we see it. Why? In that act of despite the fact it was so disgusting, but the divine eye who looks into human hearts found found an extraordinarily positive point. Something that we can rebuild the world on. What was it? And he quotes a Yalkut. He said, so to speak, to the daughters of Lot, you are worthy of destruction because of what you did. Well, what can I do? Your intentions were to refill the world. 
they didn't do it. They didn't do what they did for gratification. They honestly felt that after the destruction of stone, the world was gone, and, and that's what they had to do. In order to reconstruct the world, in order to give world for the life, they forced themselves to do something that was abhorrent and repulsive to them as well. In other words, the act was done with, despite the fact that it was so repulsive to them and so abhorrent to them, they did it because the world needed it. So there's a spark of Mr. Snefish over here for the sake of humanity. And that's what the Torah calls Metziah. I found something. Within that act, I found something that is um, extraordinary. There was no such thing in the world until then that people would be willing to give up their own and, and, and for the sake of the world. They gave up something that was precious to them, that their sense of self-worth, their sense of dignity, the, 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 everything about it. It, it was an honest Messias Nefesh for a goal that was laudable. And that was to be found there. And he says, Being that this spark sparked up once in a human soul, it does not get extinguished, it doesn't go to waste. And in the Skalgal Bein Royim Derech it's in a, it, was sub, it, it kept moving forward on the stream, subterranean, through generation of the lowest Amin, until it reemerged, resurfaced as as an extraordinarily beautiful person, full of dignity, beauty. In kindness, which is Rusamir Avia, that was willing to sacrifice everything in order to help relieve someone of his pain. Let's stop a second. Let's first discuss uh, something about why this is particularly significant in, in, in David and so on. If we're to ask ourselves, what's the purpose of Mashiach? So the usual Jewish um, kind of sense is Mashiach is there to solve all our problems. I guess that's sort of how we look at it. If, if somebody's not well, Mashiach will heal him. If somebody's pronounced, Mashiach will heal him. If there's too much politics, Mashiach is, is the cure of everything. And the world does have, the world is suffering from a lot. But if we ask ourselves, what is the, what is the suffering that is in a sense the harshest the one that is most difficult to, to understand, it's not the thriving of evil, but it is the destruction of the good, the dissipation of the good. Someone did something good, and where's it gone to? Somebody tried hard, put his nisham into something, and it didn't, didn't take off. And all of his effort was to naught. And it's something that we have a very hard time, because if the good is synonymous with the divine, how could it be destroyed? In the Lashon of Kabbalah, these are called mitzotzos, of Kedusha, sparks of Kedusha. And 
it's something that to us is an ultimate paradox that it should be that it, sh- it could go to waste if it's kedusha then how did it not take root it's supposed to be indestructible there are two psukim that the Swarm bring as sort of um, the the mikoros for this idea that a Kaddish Baruch Hu will not let any of the good go to naught. One pasik is a pasik in Shmuel, where it's a whole story where Yov wanted to kill Shalom, and they wanted to save him, and they sent an Isha Chachama from Tekoa because of he, because he was involved in killing Amnon, he was meant to be killed, um, and they sent the Isha Chacham from Tekoa to speak to David Amelech, and she spoke, she gave a marshal, and then she spoke to David, and she said, you know, we are all destined to die, and like water that's spilled out and drains off and doesn't remain. He said, And it's the king's obligation to think of ways to salvage somebody, to save someone, rather than to destroy. That no one be cast away for good. It's, she said about David, and David accepted the argument. And it's understood that this is a hashgach of Hakadosh Baruch yidach yidach, that no one go to waste, that no good go to waste. Like it says when we say Yankipah, we misfollow. That Hakadosh Baruch Hu lochafitz b'meis Rasha kim b'shuva medaka b'choya leachfitz b'meis Rasha b'shuva doesn't b'choya. Hakadosh Baruch doesn't want Rasha to die; he wants to live, and Hakadosh Baruch pushes towards that direction. There's another pasuk in in Eov. It says. That that a Kaddish Baruch Hu is uh, well again it doesn't say by Kaddish Baruch Hu, but it says um, that that uh, the lashon of the pasuk is that a Kaddish Baruch Hu will two or three times try with a person and the, the Kadmonim tell us this is reference to Gilgal which simply means an attempt to take points of kedusha and recast them in a way that they realize themselves. The job of the Melech HaMashiach on Mespalel in Shemene Esra is that if there's a Jewish soul we, we the spark of Kedusha, it's every Jewish soul, to bring it back again. That's the core of Melech HaMashiach. So if we understand now that if we're looking for, for Melech HaMashiach, his Neshama itself will be a spark that was not let to die out. It, it, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu found a spark of greatness, yes, it was buried under the biggest mountain of muck, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Ashkacha has it, that it wends its way slowly to the surface. And like an ember, sometimes you make a fire and think it's out, and they warn you, you have to make sure it's out, because a lot of times it looks out, and then you come back and slowly it begins to, uh, it, it begins to catch again. That's the nature of embers and so on. So, HaKadosh Baruch Hu found in stone, by Benos Lot, embers of tremendous greatness that have, they will become the bedrock of the person who's going to bring back everything. Now he continues, 
אפשר למשוך קו יושר מבאס לוט הבחירה אל נכדוס הרחוק הרוס. You can draw a straight line from לוט to רוס. זו הראשון השם הלכון נשקס אבינו, הכניס גופה ונפשה לשם תאלוס העולם. This one who's, they, 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 um, they uh, um, preferred, they, um, they subordinated their body and soul for the greater good of building the world. And they did something that human nature so repulsed from it. Rus also did something that was against the nature. Ken. That was against her nature and against everything that, that against so much of what she was. And Boaz, uh, who saw that chesed, said, your second chesed is greater than the first. Let's describe some of what, not Joseph had actually been fleshing it out as we went along in the whole sefer, but Let's, there are two elements of Rus's sacrifice that we need to really, really um, take into account and understand. Rus was a princess. She was Moabite nobility. And as such, she lived like a princess in greatness. She cast it aside in order to join the Jewish people. And she, for her efforts, she became a beggar woman. She came back. There was nothing waiting. There was no job waiting. There was no support. She went out to collect wheat with all the other girls. That's all the stucker cases. What a terrible letdown. She did it because she, the, her first and foremost concern was that something remained, some zecher remained of the family her mother's family, Naomi, had lost everything. Her husband, two children. They had no children. And she went back with her in the attempts to console her and to rebuild. Chazal tell us, and Svarim explain it, Yibum is some sort of process of rebuilding the family of someone who had no children. And this is what she had. So she went back. She went in a highly undignified manner to beg Boaz for help. She came in the middle of the night and slept at his feet. It's something like a tramp. And Boaz was a very, very, very old man. Boaz was somebody who was going to die very soon afterwards, Chazal tell us. She was a young lady. She was able to have children. He was an old man on the verge of death. It was not an appropriate, it wasn't the type of Shidduch, one would, would uh, assume. And the, um, the, 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 and she did it for that reason, because she felt she needs to rebuild. Boaz himself sacrificed. Boaz himself, people said all sorts of bad things about him, that she's Asr, and he's marrying Sarpad, the word of Shiksa, for no good reason. The other person, the plenary mother, did not want to marry her. He said, Can Ashkes Nachlasi? Do you know what kind of reputation I'll have? Didn't, didn't, wasn't, uh, it didn't look like it would be right. So we see, in a certain sense, 
Rus as having her roots in the Tubnos Lot. Yotzi says she no slot for her In the Bnos Lot, you already had the Ember of Rus. Kedivah Chazal Leil, like Chazal said, Veshtei Bnosecha Nimtzos. The two daughters that have been found, Shtei Metzios, Rusamavia Benamamanis. The Nevoah already prophesied hundreds of years before that that there is good over here that's going to come out. And in order to preserve that good, Akash Prochu made the following halacha. Amor and Mo are bad nations. We're not supposed to marry them. We're not supposed to intermarry with them. We're not supposed to, they're not supposed to accept Gerim from them to marry. We don't marry Gerim. But we're not allowed to fight them. We're not allowed to destroy them. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, and the Chazal told us, Chas HaKadosh Baruch Hu HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted to preserve these two nations. And that's why he told us, Al Tizka um, that don't, don't start up with them. When this neshama came into this world in Moab, Hashgacha moved things in an extraordinary way that she would return, it, this part would return to Kaiser. And you finally, it ended with this tremendous Shidduch and with the fourth generation of being David. This whole the, the, this whole chain of events is expressed the stone um, from that same material that was carved out in, in, in the heart of stone there will there will blossom in the end of days the final redeemer on which the Pasuk says the final is coming from this group that's the power of a spark of pure good. It seems to have sparked up and disappeared. But from appearance to appearance, from each gilu to each gilu, it gathers strength. It will eventually blossom and bring light to mankind. He brings another Chazal that is that described the events here as Zera Habomimakamaka. We're going to look at this and 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 see it uh, inside. The Pasik says by Adam um, Chava, they had two children, Hevel and Cain. Hevel was killed, and Cain was a murderer. And the Pasuk says, Vatikra Shmoy Sheish, she called him Sheish, the third child, Kishostilakim Zera Acher. Akarish Baruch gave me other seed. Tachas Hevel Kerogakain, instead of Hevel for Kain children. Chazal say about this Pasuk, Rabbi Nachovish Rabbi Shul Amar, Nistaklo Oise Zera Shubomimakum Acher. Akarish Baruch looked at this Zera which came from a different place. And in other words, Zera Acha means Zera Mimokum Acha. The Ezer Zemelech HaMashiach. 
he doesn't quite explain that, doesn't quite explain it, but I, I want to explain a little bit elaborate a job on this. There are two key words here that Chazal are pointing. There's Zera and there's Acher. In other words, she should have said, I'm going to have a child. And Akashba gave us another child. As long as they had the, the first two children, they felt they had accomplished. And they saw in them these other children. Once she saw that the two children she had would not, humanity couldn't build itself, not from a killed child and not from a murderer, she realized that all we do is plant seeds. We, we don't have the ability to really um, to accomplish. There's a passage in Mishle, it says, A person can, can, can make his heart right, can set up his heart appropriately. But it's God who gives us the right words. In other words, the realization, the accomplishment is up to Hashem. So she saw Zera Mimokum Acher. She now said, I have seed. And it came from a place that I didn't expect it. It's not where I expected it to come from. That's what Chazal are pointing out. It says, Zera Mimokum Acher. Behine says, and he's continuing the thread of thought in Chazal. The first daughter of Lot, when she, um, you know, she wanted to have the world continue, she speaks with the same words. She doesn't say, I'm going to have children. She says, We're going to have seed from our father. And Reb Shmuel, the Tanvashar Schultz, points out over here, it doesn't say a child. That same seed that's come from a different place. Melech HaMashiach is a seed that was planted and it comes from someplace else, not where you expected it. One more piece over here, and that sort of finishes the thought over here. When you take a look at David's own, um, at David's own uh, 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 crowning as king, it, it's something extraordinary. Even when he was crowned as king, David HaMelech did many things that were difficult to understand. He was a warrior, he killed and so on, and many people cursed him or against him. Much of Tilim is Rabim only Nafsha in Yisrael Many people have said that I am not, I will not be redeemed by God. I'm, I'm, I'm a sinner. I'm bad. That's what people said about it. And he quotes a Chazal here. Kim Sheroah Shmuel was David Admoni. The Pasuk says David was a Nar Admoni. He was a, a red, ruddy, and with nice eyes. So Chazal said, When Shmuel beheld David and saw him red complexion, Nisyari became scared. Red people have a hot temperament. They, they, they may be violent. They may be lustful. They are full of negative characters. The last person that was red was Esau. He was described as red. This is what we're getting. Omar HaKadosh Baruch Hu, said, 
Look inside his eyes and tell me what you see. His eyes convey the beauty of David. Esav das atzma horik. Esav killed because he was a killer. Avuzem das sanhedrin horik. He kills when sanhedrin tells him to. Because if we don't kill when we have to, we, we are we are also engaging in evil and cruelty. And that's why he said, don't look at his complexion. Look at what's inside. And that's sort of the direct line that's coming from um, the Shorish of David to his actualization. So to sort of sum up, the story of Rus is the extraordinary story of Geulah's Olam. It's the big picture is that this world, since Adam Rishon was Chote, became a chaotic mixture of Tov and Ra. And the Ra, we believe, will become extinguished. We know that Ra has no Kiyom, and there hasn't been a wicked Malchus that has survived, whether it was Rome, whether it was communism, whether it was Nazism. Beard destroys itself and devours itself. Much suffering happens, but that. But what worries us is what, what tests our faith and what sort of makes us, um, what makes it so difficult is what happened to all the good, the kindness, and so on. And Akarish Baruch Hu says, that's what Hashkach is all about. I want to add um, a, a, a point I once heard from Adam Gadol. The, it, it, it almost never happened in Kali Yisrael that there was a Chunu movement in the way it was now, the way we have it, where people from nowhere became from. It started in the 70s, 67 maybe, 70s, and it's, you know, it's a phenomenon. And people explain it in many ways. We have ways of communicating, we're sophisticated, and we're strong, we have resources, many explanations. And this per, and, and Adam Gadol once told me, he said, but they forget. They don't see four generations ago the sobbing of a mother when she benched licht, realizing that her children were being Mechal Shabbos. As the young generation started going off for whatever reasons they were, and there were tefillas and tears and ishtablesen, and, and you think it went for naught? Nothing good gets erased. It all comes up again. Panavid said that when he spoke about children coming back and learning and this tremendous growth of Kali Yisrael, he said a million or a million and a half neshamas of Jewish children weren't destroyed. They were recast. The, 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 the good, the Taira, the Chassadim, the, the unsung heroes, all of those Mitzvahs Maisim Tovim don't get destroyed. They're indestructible. The Hashkach of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is that all those Mitzotzos come back again. They, 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 they may be Nidach, but they come back. They resurface. And the person, the agent, is a person who himself personifies all that. It is, starts with stone and Two women committing incest in stone. But there was a spark of tremendous chesed. They wanted to rebuild a world that there be a future. And they completely um, 
that they subsume their own self, their dignity, their, 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 their sense of propriety, in, and in that place, that seed was sown. And, it, and, it, and that seed carried on in, in nations that were depraved, depraved enough that the Torah made it, said that they can become Gerim, but they will not, they can't be married. The men can't marry in. And in that nation, they, they, they were incubating a seed of tremendous goodness. And that seed blossomed into Rus, who threw away everything a person wants and needs to become a beggar woman and a stranger. People had plenty of plenty of angry feelings about her. She was the one who led astray a, a marvelous family high soul. Her fault, not her fault. And she went and did something which also was tramp-like. It was, it was something so undignified. And she married somebody that really was not a match because she wanted to reconstruct the family that had been destroyed. And, and, and a mother-in-law whose life was devastated because she knew she had no future. She wanted to reconstruct it. Uh, Boaz was willing to sacrifice his station um, and do something that people might challenge. And instead of instead of his his, his gravestone saying "Here lies the great side of Boaz," he might go down in history as being somebody who married a woman he wasn't allowed to, and and and, and became an object of um, of, uh, of ridicule and an object of uh, you know people pointing to him as being bad. He was taking that risk. The other person didn't want to take the plowing on money, want to take it. And he did it. He did it because he knew it was right. And he knew that this was an act, a Yibam like act, to rebuild it. And that's where Dovah Melch comes from. And Dovah Melch is a person whose interior belies his exterior. He looks like Akmoni. He, 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 he first look at him, you say to yourself, this is not Melch so It's incredible. His own father. A minute before he was coronated as the Melech of Kaisal and the Mashiach of Kaisal, said, nah, this is not the one, you know, you got the wrong one, this can't be this one. His own father didn't know him. And Akkadish Baruch said, no, this is the one, because I see inside what's inside, because that's the Tachas and Melech Mashiach. So Shavuos is the Yantiv that gave the world purpose and gave the world a direction to realize the good in itself, to choose the good from the bad, and to begin the tremendous process of sifting out good from bad. And the person whose job it was to do that, his Yoimilullah is Shavuos, because he's the person that will bring the mission of the Torah to its accomplishment.